Hi, friends. Logan Clements here, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events podcast. And in this week's episode, we are taking you behind the scenes of the planning for the Better Events conference. We've talked about this on the podcast many a time since we've started launching this and teasing this, I think, since July. So this is just a fun two-parter that we have here all in one episode for you. We recorded some of our initial thoughts in our planning process back in October, and then we have a more recent update for you. We announce a couple speaker names exclusively that we have not announced yet on our social media. So if you are someone who's been thinking about joining us but not sure if it's the right fit for you, you're going to get some really good nuggets of what to expect for the Better Events Conference. And for most listeners, it's just going to give you some insight into what we've been thinking about as we go through this journey of planning an event, not for a client, not for someone else, but for ourselves and just some of the surprises that have come along the way. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of the Better Events Podcast. We are particularly excited for today's episode, which we know we say all the time, but truly in this case, because we are talking about our baby, the Better Events Conference. We're going to take you behind the scenes. We're going to talk about how you can get tickets, how you can get involved. We've got brain bites. We've got partnerships. And just so you know, in case you didn't already, regular ticket sales are live. And we're going to talk about the conference, give you some sneak peeks today. So definitely stick around. If nothing else, also, you'll learn a little bit about behind the scenes on just planning this event that we are trying to create. It's been a learning experience. And so we're excited to share that with you today. So let's get into it with our conversation starter. Logan, hello. How's it going? It's going well. I'm just excited to talk. Like you said, it's our it's our baby with this uh, BEPCON. It's weird to be on the planet, this part of the planning side. <laughs> I know, definitely. It's exciting and weird all at the same time. But we do have our conversation starter today, which is Logan. If you could change one thing about the event industry, what would it be? You know, we go with light questions as our <laughs> conversation starters here Crazy. on the Better Events podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, this one I think is really interesting because I feel like if I there was one thing I could change, it's going to be, a, I guess, a kind of a trick question because I feel like we're trying to change it. But I do feel like the event industry can be very gatekeepy at times and clicky of just kind of like hard to break into hard to know what you don't know. There are people who feel very adamant that like they should have, they have the knowledge. They don't need to share it with anyone. Um, so I would like to change that. I know I experienced that as a planner. I still feel like I come up against it every so often now. Um, but I feel like this is something we do. We preach on the podcast and in our regular lives off the podcast, like the power of community over competition and why we really do need to share everything and like teach each other our skills because it only makes us all better and makes our processes all smoother. Um, so that I'd say, yeah, if I could change it, I would make it less clicky and less gatekeepy. Mary, how about you? What would be one thing you would change about the event industry? I think that the, what I would change is like this. I don't know if I would call it pride, but this pride in saying things like, oh, yeah, I stayed up till 
1 a.m. last night. I've done, I've been working so much this week. Haven't had time to do anything. I don't know the last time I took a vacation. My feet are killing me. Like stuff like that, which is the reality. Like, let me be clear. But I think that's what bugs me is that like, it's so accepted. This is just how it is. But I'm like, but maybe if we all band together, this isn't how it has to be. And so I just think that like unhealthy lifestyle that so many of us experience is something that is frustrating to me. I'd rather it be um, uncommon versus like so common for everyone to experience, if that makes sense. So that's mine. Yeah, I think it is, I guess, unnormalizing <laughs> the struggle yeah. sometimes of, of being like it is, but it doesn't have to be that way all the time. So mm-hmm. I hear you, Mary. Um, well, just listeners, like we always do with our episodes, we just to tell a little bit more about why we're taking you behind the scenes of the Better Events uh, podcast conference. Why are we, Mary? That's a great question. I think it's really important because it's been really fun for Mary and I as planners. I feel like we constantly plan events and planning conferences, but this is, as I alluded to earlier, like a different kind of role than what we've been in. We are the true decision makers on everything that is going into this conference, which in other, you know, when we have clients and things like that, sometimes we are the end decision maker, but other times we're just presenting options and it's up to the event host to make those decisions. And so it's been very, it's an interesting challenge to be that person who's making all of those decisions and literally walk a mile in some of our clients' shoes of the struggles and debates they might be having without us present. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I feel like this is an important episode both to help spread the word about our conference, but also to like lift the curtain. It's stuff I wish that the conferences I went to did. So we're going to kind of show you guys some of the behind the scenes of what it's taking to plan this. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's been fun to have the freedom to create our own event. But yeah, the pressure is for sure there too. And we found ourselves so many times saying things like, you know, we got to practice what we preach. This is what we tell our clients to do. And then we're like, oh, I know, but it's hard. <laughs> I feel like we're a little Jekyll and Hyde with it because it literally yeah. is Mary and I having a discussion and then one of us going, okay, wait, but if we were the client, we would probably tell us that we should pre-record some of the content to take the stress off of the day. And it's, it's, it's very funny to have to, again, put it, put into practice what we, what we tell people all the time. And it's harder than it looks, I guess, is my big, my first key takeaway is it's harder than it looks to host a conference. So Mary, Um, do you want to, do you want to kick us off and tell our listeners first why we decided to start the Better Events Conference? I would love to. (laughs) We, We are starting the Better Events Conference because we've, we've, Personally, I think that we found a lot of joy um, out of this podcast, and we hope that others have too. And we felt like others have too. We've gotten really great feedback from you all, which we appreciate so much in the emails or the Instagram messages or whatever it may be. Um, and so we thought, how cool would it be to have an opportunity for us, this community, to gather together and be able to to learn from one another and and just actually meet. And and that's hard to do because we all live all over the place. And so the best way to do that is a virtual conference. It just is. And I think from the conference, though, we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish. um, But to be able just to gather, I think is going to be so valuable. Logan, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think we've mentioned it before, but podcasting is a lonely game. It's it's you and I, Mary, and our microphones or maybe a, a guest. It's three people. And so getting to put faces to the lovely names and listeners and the comments we hear sometimes from people when we're out and about or working who are like, oh, I've heard your podcast. We've been like, whoa, we want to meet all of you. And to my 
answer from our conversation starter. I think it's also valuable if you guys get to meet each other because as much as we love meeting you, like this podcast is a good connection point for things that maybe spark a conversation between you and another planner or you and a new vendor or a new partner or your new future boss. I mean, that's kind of, Mary, what gives me goosebumps about all this stuff that we're planning is like there are real connections that are going to come out of this conference and that makes me excited. Um, and getting to do that on a larger scale versus just you and I connecting folks who email us one-on-one. Like, I think this gives us a farther reach um, and doing it virtual. So we get to meet you no matter where you are in the world. It's as we talked about on the podcast as well. It's a lower cost to produce, which is great. We love that, especially doing something big and scary like this for the first time. (laughs) Um, That makes it easier, but then comes with its own challenges. So I'm just, we're just excited to meet you guys. That's a big one. (laughs) Yeah, we are. (laughs) Logan, what were some of our first decisions that we had to make throughout this process? We've made so many and we keep making so many. Talk about decision fatigue. What were some of the first? I feel like that's how you could define event planning is just lots of decisions that then lead to more decisions than more. Anyone who's planned a wedding will be like, it's so many decisions. But anyway, yes, the first, I feel like the first decision we had to make, Mary, was picking a date and determining because. Yeah, big ones. I feel like that was the first one because that was kind of then everything else trickled back from that of, you know, how soon we wanted to start. We made a work back of different tasks and it was like, all right, you got to work backwards from what time your event is. So I feel like our first one was the date. And then our second big decision was the platform because that also gave us certain constraints of like what functionality we would have. And a big one listeners is, again, this is something we're producing ourselves. So the cost, because we don't have a client who is paying us to do all this planning and producing. We're doing it ourselves. So um, the big thing I feel like then was figuring out what platform we were using and what costs were associated with that so that it could help inform us for like ticket prices. Mary, am I missing any other big decisions you want to call out? Just the target audience, which wasn't that hard to identify, but we definitely talked about that. Logan, I'm looking at our past notes. Oh, good <laughs> like, job, Mary. Look at you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and then we we both determined what success looked like for us individually, which I think was important because we were partnering on this. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think you covered it. Yeah, I feel like this would be a good time, Mary. Do we want to reveal our North Star to people? Sure, go for it. All right, listeners, this was something that unfortunately took till Mary and I, well, I guess another decision we made was we decided that we wanted to have a, a board of advisors. And yes. I feel like we've talked about this on the on the podcast about how hard it can be to plan an event sometimes with a committee. So there is a difference. We didn't pick a committee of equal decision makers. We specifically asked certain people that are in our network, some familiar names you'll recognize from the podcast. A lot of them had been guests here. I think all of them actually had been past guests. Yeah. Um, And they were people who we wanted to get their opinion on certain decisions and directions that we were taking the conference just to have more voices in the room and not be an echo chamber of what Mary and I thought was thought was correct. And we went into that first meeting so excited and we got a lot of great feedback and they called us out on one thing that we also preach on the podcast, but didn't do, which was to define our North Star. And so for BEPCON 2023. Our North Star is creating connection points between us, Mary and I, and our listeners, as well as some listener-to-listener connections. Essentially, community over competition, which we talk about a lot. We're wordsmithing it when we come back with the part two in this episode. If you keep listening, you'll hear what we're thinking a month from now. (laughs) Maybe it'll be a little bit more succinct, but that is our North Star, listeners. 
And Logan, so we've talked about how we've incorporated the community into our planning a little bit with the board of advisors, but is there anything else that you want to highlight that we've been doing? I mean, I think it's a good, it's been a good method. I feel like we picked some, we were really, we like curated who we wanted in the room for those meetings and we've been very specific about what we need from them. So I feel like that's been a big piece. And then we also did ask some of you guys, some of you listeners who had responded to us in the early days of this podcast, of this conference, when we were just asking you to register your interest, we went then to that group of people, sent out a survey link with some questions about different features we could have in the conference, different topics, pain points. And we had about 25 of you respond, which thank you, 25 friends. You guys were amazing. And it was really, really helpful just to see the range of responses for things to provide just one more. Again, it was just a data point. We didn't necessarily listen to one group over another, but it was one more data point to show what people valued. And I think that's been really helpful with you and I like honing in our energies on different parts of the conference, that having that sense of community with our advisors and these folks, these listeners who replied on this survey has helped just make it feel a little bit more worthwhile than us just shooting in the dark. And again, we're recording this here in October. So we've just, what are we married? Just over a week of registration being live and tickets uh-huh. being sold. Nice Ooh, we love it. Thank you, listeners. Tickets are still on sale for the Better Events Conference if you're listening to this episode before December 20th. But Mary, what are some lessons learned, do you think, from your end for launching registration and tickets? There was a handful. We were just talking about the Board of Advisors. So one thing I think is very interesting is that we brought how much we wanted to charge for tickets to the Board of Advisors. And the responses that we got were very just different. Like they gave us different points of feedback and and none of us fully agreed on like what that should look like, which I actually thought was very validating because we've seen our clients struggle with ticket pricing too. It's just super hard to figure out how much to charge for events. And we have definitely gone through the same thing. And so with that, um, we talked about like the surveys and the that we've sent out and the people that we've talked to. But us ourselves went back and forth so many times. And I think a lot of it was um, like what kinds of tickets to offer, what to include within them, and then what to charge. And it's because we want to provide an experience for everyone and at a level that makes sense for everyone. And that's hard to include all the options that like to incorporate that. And so anyway, we just went back and forth all the time. And we just landed on, I would say, kind of a hope, right? (laughs) We're like, let's try this and see if it works. That's, I think, what we did, right? Is that what you would yeah. say? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, I mean, again, first time hosting this, any client we've had who's ever launching a new event has the same probably fear and uncertainty that we had of just like you don't know. And so much of events like perceive value. And all we have to base it off of is a free podcast that comes to your ears every Wednesday, you know, for for kind of knowing what you're willing to pay. Um, so that was kind of tough, I would say. I'm happy where we landed. We've had good feedback so far. Um, and it is one that like, I don't think the question for you or I, Mary ever was, would we provide value? I think our big thing, and we again have talked about on the podcast is not undervaluing ourselves and undervaluing the experience that we're going to provide. So listeners, like if you've already bought a ticket, don't worry, we're about to, we will be overperforming. If you haven't bought a ticket yet, just know like we are, we are gearing up for a really awesome day and a lot of awesome resources that are going to come beyond just on the 20th of December, but beyond that. Um, and I am going to just, we're going to tease it already because I feel like this is important as we heard from our listeners in our survey that having a podcast version of this conference was a value add, a big value add, like Mary, what was it? 90% of people said Mm -hmm. that was important to them. So 
We are offering anything that was recorded for replay is going to be available on a private podcast feed for you to be able to take it on the go and listen to it, which I just think, I mean, that just makes me excited, Mary, because I don't see many conferences investing in that. And I feel like that is something that is meeting our listeners, you guys, where you're at, because now you can take some conference content that you missed or want to listen again. You can take it on a walk or on your errands or whatever you're doing out and about versus having to be on your computer. And you can listen on most platforms, right? That's the that's the key is we're not going to send you to some random place to listen. It's listening where you're listening to this right now, like similar to that. Yes. Yes. That is our that is our goal. We are still in the early days, but we're very excited about it. Um, and I think my final lesson learned from tickets and registration was we are utilizing Swapcard as our platform partner. Um, they came in and they are supplementing some of the platform fee for us, but we are paying for part of the service. And for me, I'd never actually used their built-in registration feature. It's a newer feature. And I will say it has come with its own strengths as well as its own challenges and workarounds that Mary and I had to come up with for some of the things we wanted it to do. And this just aligns with us saying there's never a perfect platform. There's always going to be features you wish were happening that they're going to tell you are coming soon, but probably not in time for your event. And so we've had to get a little creative with like offering promo codes and things like that. But Overall, I've been really happy that we can keep a lot of the functionality of the event inside the platform, which has been really cool. But just some stuff in the last minute scramble to get things launched that I'm like, oh, I wish I knew that. (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps our thoughts for the month of October. But stay tuned because we are going to time travel in just a second and we are going to share with you our November thoughts. So here we go. Hello, everybody. We are back. It's one month later. And we have more updates for you. And so we are going to talk about what it has been like recently for the planning of this conference. And as we've said before, we're so excited for you to to hear about what's been going on. And so um, we're just going to start with talking about who's speaking at the conference. We've really been working on the agenda recently. That's been something that has taken a lot of time. I think we'll talk about what that's been like a little bit more um, but Logan, so how, how would you like to start with the agenda? What do you want to tease? Who's been um, selected to speak at the conference so far? Yeah, I think, I mean, the exciting update, listeners, is the agenda is coming together. <laughs> I think this is a part of the process, Mary, that at least for me, I was like the most excited about. And then when we actually got into planning it, it has felt the most daunting at times. But then as we have started confirming sessions and speakers, it like my excitement just continues to grow because... I've never doubted that we're going to put together an amazing conference for our listeners. And we've had some great feedback from folks who've already bought their tickets so far. And they've done it blindly without us announcing any speakers. Uh, At the time of this recording, you're probably going to only have heard about one or two. And we're going to, I guess, share some more of who who we're trying to get. But our, I guess our goal with how we selected our speakers who are joining us live, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can do a brain bite, which is just like our on-demand um, content library that I would call it. So you could also be a speaker that way. But these are our live speakers who's gonna, who are going to be there on Wednesday, December 20th. We were really intentional, I feel like, with what voices we wanted to give space to in the agenda. We've been trying to avoid a lot of pitfalls we've seen clients make with either over, you know, having way too much content with not enough breaks and really trying to make sure that we're like leading you as the event pro on this journey. So I feel like my first person that I'm excited and they were the first person we announced is our opening keynote is going to be Jen Mueller. Uh, Jen Mueller from Talk Sporty to me. She is both a, a friend of the pod. She's been on here before. You'd recognize her from her episode about how to ask better questions. You might have also seen her on the sidelines at a Seattle Seahawks game or a Seattle Mariners game. 
Her background is as a journalist and a reporter, but she also is an event host and MC, probably hands down the best event host or MC I've ever witnessed and had the pleasure of working with. And so she's going to kick us off with a really awesome keynote all about uh, just trying to get you motivated for making those little connections, because that is something that has been the North Star for us with this conference, is you, the attendee, the listener coming to this conference, you're going to walk away with some real connections, whether it's someone you can vent to and commiserate with about events or a new colleague for an event project or a new client, you never know. And her her keynote's just going to kind of use some context from her experience working in these pro locker rooms and around pro athletes and how you can apply that to your process as an event professional when it comes to networking and building your community. I have to say, I'm really excited about Jenna as well, because Logan and I were texting. I was working an event that Logan referred me to and Jen was speaking. And I didn't realize that because I was like just day of until I saw her on the screen. And I texted Logan. And I was like, she's just so good. We have to have her. And then I knew She's you so already good. knew that, but it was perfect. Yeah. I, I, listeners, I met her as a host before we were actually, we got paired through um, Wise Women in Sports and Events. I was a part of their mentorship program. I was a mentee and she actually was my mentor for a, a year uh, process. And we've carried on in a less formal setting since then, but I knew her as an event host before then. And I remember having no personal connection with her, but being like, this woman is a rock star. And could teach a class on how to moderate a panel because she was just so good at it of not necessarily trying to outshine panelists, but like leading them in a direction that it was all very intentional conversations. And so when we were thinking about the conference and we want to start everybody on a, on a high note, um, that, that was like, she was one of the first people that came to mind. So we're so excited to have her be our opening keynote. Absolutely, we are. And we even have more content that we have been selecting as well. So one of the things that we're looking forward to, um, and Logan, I'm going to have you jump in and tell us more about this, but I'll kind of open it up. Something that Logan started just in her personal free time a little while ago was um, this book club group, this Event Pros book club group. And it's been a fun opportunity just to have like a nice, fun, chill environment to come read a book and talk about it as a group. And so we wanted to bring this to the Better Events Conference because I think, Logan, that you found that it has really, and I've seen, you know, from what I've experienced, but it really gives people, I don't know, an opportunity to connect in a different way. And so we hope to kind of create that experience for those that are attending the conference. And so we're going to do three different books. And one that we would like to tease today is um, we have the book Lucky Box Cutter. This is from Sarah Gorlick. And this is a book that Sarah reached out to us about a little while ago. So it's been on our radar for quite some time. But this book, it, she, how she describes it is like her love letter to the industry. And so when I started reading it, I was like, it, this feels like a book that I could have written because I just resonate with literally everything that she was saying. And I I just, I enjoyed it a lot. And so I think we think that you all will as well. And so that is one of the books that we will feature in the book club. And we will be sending out more information about that to make sure that you can get these books ahead of time. You can read them and then you can select which group you want to be a part of for this book club discussion. Yeah. As Mary said, we're going to have three happening concurrently at once. So unfortunately, listeners, you can't attend all of them live because they're going to be happening at the same time. But ideally, it is meant to the, my, my favorite part of it, yes, about the book club is it, it's a very casual atmosphere. You don't have to actually read the book if you don't want to. I say that for my personal book club that I do. I'm like, you literally don't have to have read it. And we are not necessarily testing people on the book. It's just meant to be a jumping off point for some really authentic conversations. And like Mary mentioned, I just think it's such a low stakes way to network and connect with folks that 
is just very authentic. And I, I look forward to this personally. And when we were thinking about a way to build that connection virtually with our attendees, the book club seemed like a really nice kind of setting and format. So we're going to have that roughly around the lunchtime for, I think, our East Coast folks who are joining. It'll be a little earlier for our West Coast folks. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll have some time to to read the book or listen to it on tape. No one does on tape anymore. Listen to it on Audible. Um, <laughs> on tape. I used to listen to books on tape as a kid. Yeah. So that's where my brain goes, even yeah. if it's like a podcast. Um, but yeah, so that's the book club uh, series. We're going to have two more books that we're announcing. We're currently just kind of narrowing down exactly who is who's available to join us live. But Sarah is actually going to be facilitating that discussion, which is pretty darn cool because I've never done that in my book club, but I feel like that's going to be such a good insight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Another series that I'm so excited and we've teased this a little bit on our Instagram is that we are going to be offering a CEO day workshop. So we, I can not, you know, talk enough about my CEO days. Mine, I would say have some structure to them, but then I kind of flex with what is going on and top of mind for me in my life. And we're going to have the amazing event coach Juliet Tripp is joining us. Mary's worked with her on her event pros retreat before. And I'm just so excited. She's like an actual she does coaching for women business owners, not just events, but her her basis where she started was as an event coach. So she's going to be coming with this really interesting lens for us as event pros and lead us through a, you know, a CEO day exercise that you're going to be able to do it live with us at the workshop thinking about 2024. And then it's recorded. So you're going to get to listen to it when you want to do it. I do them monthly. You can do them at whatever cadence you want. So it's just, Oh, I'm Mary. I'm so excited. This is a time of the day that I feel like I'm going to want to be in all the different sessions. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited for this one too. I think it's going to be a really good, like hands-on workshop, have you think about your future type of um, situation, which is going to be great. One other thing that I am also excited about, I know we both are, is we're doing um, three uh, concurrent sessions, but we're really calling them like the roundtable discussion series. And so we have three different things happening at one time, but all of them have to do with what a vendor wished event planners knew. And so one of the ones that we are going to highlight today for this conversation is what every AV vendor wishes event professionals knew. And that we are being joined by Tony from Tech Event Pro. Tech Event Pro is an AV and production company that Logan and I um, have worked with. We know Tony who owns and runs the company. And I personally have been really impressed with how he how he runs it. His client relations are also very interesting. He has tons of good tips and tricks. The way he does it is just different. It just is. And I think it's different in a wonderful way. And so he, I'm certain, is going to have a lot of really, really great information. That's going to be an inter interesting session for sure. So I'm excited for that one. And we're excited for some of the other, other vendors that we're going to highlight at that time as well. But those are to come. So stay tuned on that. Yeah, and I think my last session that I want to highlight for now, again, as we're listening, you get, you're listening to this, this is mid-November, so we're still um, just over a month away from the conference, so we're still finalizing a couple other speakers. But for me, uh, one of the things I'm really passionate about is talking about rates and uh, making sure that we are all, the rising tide lifts all boats, and we're all going to earn more money as event pros. And so we're hosting a panel discussion that's going to feature myself and a couple other event pros that I know through the industry where we're going to talk about if you're being overworked and underpaid, how to set your rates and advocate for what you're worth. And this is just going to be a really 
honest discussion, I would say, about how each of us have evolved as event pros, where we started, where we are right now. You're going to walk away with some tangible examples and hopefully some frameworks and strategies you can apply to your rate setting and price setting for the new year. Um, and it's just, again, just going to be a really kind of open conversation that I, as a event planner, when I first started, I craved. I'm excited about it now. You know, 10, 8 to 10 plus years into the industry, I can't wait to have these discussions with you guys. So that's going to be a really interesting panel and one that I haven't seen happen at other industry events in the context of the way we're going to, you know, frame it. There's much more to come and we are so excited to tease what we have with you today. So keep checking back, stay tuned, check out our Instagram, check out the agenda. We'll continue to release things as we secure them. So we hope to see you all there. Um, But we also have been surprised by a lot of things in this planning process, you know, and we want to be open about that. And so Logan, do you want to kick us off? What's something that has surprised you so far? throughout this process? Honestly, the brain bites process has been a pa- an idea I've been passionate about. And I pitched it to a couple of uh, you know, clients and they none of them went for it as, as this way to have this on-demand live library of content so that you're st- still able to develop, deliver a lot of content to your attendees without necessarily making your agenda longer or more stuffed with things. And we've had a really slow response. I feel like we've had a lot of folks who anecdotally via email or text with one of us has said, oh, yeah, I'm going to submit a brain bite video. And we're coming up on the deadline. And we haven't had anybody actually submit their video, which I think I thought people would jump at a little faster. I think I underestimated how busy all these amazing event pros are. And so they're probably going to wait until up until the deadline <laughs> or even a day or two past to actually sit down and do that recording. Cause I, at this point, I think we're starting to approach some people that we know who would be good and maybe just need that nudge to be like, take the time, record yourself. It doesn't have to be super, you know, professional and polished. It just, I, there's so many people out there that I know I would love to have them do a brain bite. So that surprised me how slow the response has been after having a lot of positive anecdotes to people thinking it was so cool. We're doing something like that. How about yeah, you, Mary? What's what surprised you? Yeah, um, I would say so for the, another idea that um, that I wanted to try, similar to your brain bites idea that I've these tried to see clients do and it hasn't like come to fruition. So was for partnership, and so we did like this more equitable partnership approach, trying not to call it sponsorship and et cetera, et cetera. But um, that's been kind of slow moving. Also, I will say that wasn't like a high priority for us. I know when we did it, I was like, I just want to try it. And if we don't get it, that's okay this year. But if we do, then it's a cherry on top. So let's do it. Um, and that's been kind of slow. But at the same time, we have, you know, had some come in, which I was really happy about. But <laughs> uh, the others have been slow. And the biggest surprise, though, for that is planning a December event is really challenging when you're dealing with companies who do set their um, sponsorship uh, budget goals earlier in the year. And so we reached out to somebody and they're like, oh, we already allocated this in March of this year. And we're like, oh, our event's not clear till December. So we hadn't even started planning it at that point. And so that's something that I think with this time of year event, we're going to run into again. So it's just something that's good to know. Um, But yeah, we've kind of had challenges with that a little bit. Yeah. And we've had some positive feedback from folks who are willing to do in-kind sponsorship, which I know, Mary, in the nonprofit world is, you know, pretty common. And I've definitely had clients who've done that before, but it has led to some interesting thinking for you and I of going through, you know, cash is definitely more powerful than an in-kind donation. And yet there's certain parts about this event that if we get in-kind and we get to use a cool product that attendees are going to get to play with and experience for themselves, like that's a win for us. And it's a win for that sponsor if then an event pro goes on from there and books them for their event for next year. So sponsorship is not necessarily 
been one of my passions. So I'm like, I'm surprised it's slow, but at the same time, I feel like we're experiencing what a lot of our clients do, which is they usually come in closer to the event, which even five, six weeks out, I feel like in 2018, we would have been like, this is very last minute. But in the last few years, it's like the norm, both with sponsorship and even ticket sales. It's like everyone thinks about those things. Once the calendar turns to that month, then they're like, oh yeah, I want to get a ticket. (laughs) Anything else that surprised you? I think I've been very grateful for our listeners who have already jumped at the opportunity to purchase a ticket to the conference. Again, as the agenda has still been coming together and you know, we're, we're just now announcing some speakers. So there's those of you that are out there that purchase tickets, thank you. You know, you have some blind faith in, in Mary and I, and we we are excited to still blow you away with what we deliver. <laughs> um, but that's been really encouraging, I would say, as we've been doing this. Again, it's this is an event that you and I are just planning from scratch, which has just been a new muscle for us to have to flex compared to doing client work. Yeah, it's been fun to kind of have that creative side. And it's, like you said, been fun to see people who are signing up. And then even to have some people say, you know, if you ever do this in person, I'd love to come. That's always, that gives yeah. me warm fuzzies. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like so honored. <laughs> so yeah. there. We had a couple of people who said that that surprised me because that's one that like in person is, is amazing. And, you know, you can do all this in-person connections, but as an, as an organizer, there's a lot more pressure because there's a lot more fixed costs yeah. that, especially for something brand new like this, where we're like, we don't know, are we going to have 50 people? Or are we going to have 500? That's a very big event planners. You all know that's a very big different needs for space, food, yeah, <laughs> AV, everything. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been, it been a process, but all I know, I, I guess I can say is listeners, I'm super excited for December 20th. If you haven't purchased your tickets yet, I highly encourage you to, you to do so to join us. It's going to be a magical day. You know, Mary and I love some surprise and delight. So while there's stuff we're teasing, there are still going to be some surprises coming your way for the actual event day. And it is one of those conferences that you need to join live to fully get everything you want out of this conference, join live. We are doing some recordings of sessions, but that's mainly that you can then, we know you can't absorb all of the content on that one day, but those that join us live on December 20th are going to walk away with some some real key takeaways and real connections with the people they meet. Yeah, absolutely. So come join us. It's not too late. We hope to see you there. Let us know if you have any questions. And that leads us to the end of our episode today, which is our bonus tip that Logan has. Yes. My bonus tip this week is that water cooler or social moments that you have on site at an event truly matter when it comes to networking. Um, This is just one of those common things that I feel like we can constantly just need to remind ourselves is that you never know where your next project or gig, or if you work full-time, your next promotion is going to come from. So when you're in a professional setting, just be yourself and be authentic, but be careful of when, of where you vent or let off steam. Um, I had this come up for me a couple weeks ago where I heard anecdotally about a run-in with somebody who'd been on my team with the person who hired us. And that person walked away with kind of a negative impression of them. And that has impacted if they're going to bring them on for future events. And I was very surprised because it must've been a two minute interaction, but it was enough to give that person that I don't know if I want them on my team in the future kind of feeling. So just know, know your crowd and make sure that you're just kind of watching what you say in those kind of professional settings, because that even like a small slip up like that could lead to a missed opportunity in the future. Well, thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Better Events Pod. You can email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. Visit our website at bettereventspod.com. And we thank you for listening to us. We will be back with you again next Wednesday. 